Hi, I'm Matt Quinn. Thanks for joining us for Season 3 of Decision Point from Ivy Publishing at the Ivy Business School. Over the next few weeks, we'll bring in expert guests to discuss leading-edge, innovative cases, what it takes to write an award-winning case, case writing as an early career academic, insights from a co-brand partner, and the emergence of environmental, social, and governments and sustainability case collections. Today, we're joined by Ivy's Steve Forrester and Gerard Seitz, author of Michael McCain, tweeting on the Maple Leaf Foods account. Uniquely written in the form of just seven tweets, this case addresses the potential repercussions within Maple Leaf Foods, Inc. following CEO Michael McCain's decision to tweet his personal political views from the company's Twitter account, all from a cross-enterprise perspective. During this conversation, we explore the genesis of the case, the innovative ways it can be taught, teaching from a cross-enterprise perspective, and disruption and innovation in the case writing process. Enjoy! So gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk about Michael McCain tweeting on the Maple Leaf Foods account case because it's not only a very interesting situation, but the way that this case came to be and the way that it sits as a case is really new and and innovative. And I think maybe the best way to illustrate that is if we actually do a reading of the case. So why don't we start there? Sounds great. And and Matt, this should only take about 90 seconds, uh, which really highlights how uh, how short the case is. So I will uh, I will read in tweet form um, the parts of, of Michael McCain of what he actually tweeted. And then Gerard will uh, read the other parts. Sounds great. I'm Michael McCain, CEO of Maple Leaf Foods. And these are my personal reflections. I'm very angry and time isn't making me less angry. A MLF colleague of mine lost his wife and family this week to a needless, irresponsible series of events in Iran. McCain's tweet was the first of a four-part tweet he wrote on January 12, 2020, after an Iranian missile mistakenly shot down Ukrainian flight PS752 killing all 176 people on board, including 57 Canadians. Hours earlier, Iranian missiles had been fired on bases in Iraq where Americans were stationed. The Iranian military was in high alert after U.S. President Donald Trump had recently ordered U.S. military to take decisive defensive action to protect U.S. personnel abroad by killing Iranian General Qasem Soleimani head of Iran's elite Revolutionary Guard Cuts Force. U.S. government leaders, unconstrained by checks, balances, concocted an ill-conceived plan to divert focus from political woes. The world knows Iran is a dangerous state, but the world found a path to contain it. Not perfect, but by most accounts, it was the right direction. Michael McCain. McCain's tweet raised lots of questions. How should a CEO's personal views be separated from corporate views? Should he have used the at Maple Leaf Foods Twitter handle to vent his anger? And would the tweet damage the company's brand and destroy shareholder value? So first of all, well done. (laughs) You both have a a great voice for this. This is great. I I, I just, there's so many places that we can start with this from the cross enterprise uh, way to address this, but I really want to start with you, Steve. 
Um, can you talk about how this case came to be? What did the process look like from you know learning about the tweets to really bringing it into the classroom? Talk, walk us through that. Sure, Matt. Happy to. Um, as you know, I've I've written over a hundred cases, and, and I think just subconsciously, I'm always on the lookout for great new case ideas. And so I was reading the uh, the, the Globe and Mail. This was in uh, January of 2020, and came across the story about this this tweet, and uh, also some reaction to uh, to the tweet, which was uh, quite frankly quite uh, quite mixed pro and con in terms of what Michael McCain chose to do. And, and I immediately identified this as uh, an opportunity for a great discussion uh, for a broad number of, uh, of, of areas that we can talk about more in, in our discussion today. So I thought this would be a great case and, uh, and, and, and ruminated a little bit more in terms of, uh, of, of how... Uh, how it could be written. As many of my great ideas and perhaps others, uh, it came to me in the shower that uh, what what would make for a really innovative case would be to write the case in the form of tweets. And and so uh, the next morning I sat down and and it was probably the f- the quickest first draft of a case that I'd ever done. It probably <laughs> took less than half an hour just to uh, just just to get get Michael McCain's tweets and and to provide uh, very briefly some context as well as sort of um, setting the tone and and formulating some uh, some some questions for discussion and, and I immediately then reached out to Gerard and we've known each other for for decades and uh, I, I wanted to bounce off of him as a prominent researcher in in leadership to get his thoughts in terms of what did, did he think that this was was, uh, was going to be uh, a possible uh, case that, that would be of interest? And, and he responded very, very positively. And from there, uh, it was a matter of, of putting a team together and, and doing a lot of work that we can talk about in terms of the teaching notes. So that's the background, Matt. Yeah, it's great. It, you, know, you know, you got the inspiration, got the collaboration going got it into the classroom and Gerard here's where I want to go over to you is Gerard can you talk about how you approach the delivery of the case because there are so many nuances that you can you can pull on to, to bring this into the classroom what are some of the different ways that this case can be taught from your experience yeah thanks Matt for that question and I think in Steve's answers there were at least two words that actually influence how we approach how we teach the case there was cross enterprise and team um, you know, the way we taught the case, um, uh, you know, in the in the HBA program, our undergraduate program is in is a team based fashion across enterprise spirit. So what does that mean? The team it was comprised of five people, strategy, finance, leadership, marketing and communications. And these functions were actually deliberately chosen because when Steve and I sat down to start thinking about the narrative uh, the teaching note, it was actually a compelling story. So in 30, 45 seconds, let me tell you the story, Matt, and hopefully that will clarify things for uh, people that are listening to the podcast. Uh, we, we set the stage, the context, why we picked this case, etc. Quickly then, strategy will take over. And strategy 
we'll talk about the, the objective of strategy, right? Which is about devising a plan for creating value, right? And having the uh, discipline to execute that particular plan. So it brings focus to the conversation. And in the short discussion, we also talk a little bit about the business of Maple Leaf Foods, um, their strategy, etc. Now, following that uh, would be finance. And this, of course, is all rehearsed. It's all staged. But finance actually pushes really hard on the fundamental purpose of the firm, which is to maximize shareholder value and to push hard by design the work of Milton Freeman. Soon thereafter, leadership takes over, wags his finger towards finance, accuses our finance colleague that perhaps it's a little bit old-fashioned because in 2019, there was the statement from the Business Roundtable who said that the purpose of a corporation really should be focused on five, not just one stakeholder. So sure, shareholders still really important, but we have customers, employees, suppliers, communities. And so at this is one of those points where we bring in the students, we have some polling, and it goes hard against hard, right? Because both the instructors in their roles like to encourage a debate amongst the students. And let me tell you, we get that. And it gets heated, especially between the two instructors, all played, right? But it brings some... Um, uh, some uh, some engagement, some some passion to kind of the case conversation. Then at some point, marketing steps in, tries to ring down, lower the temperature a little bit. They said, okay, I hear what you're saying, but let's look at the actual data. Is there any damage to the brand? So marketing takes over, has a couple of good questions, uh, actually brings some tools to assess how one might assess brand damage. And then eventually communication steps in and said, okay, there appears to be some damage. As Steve said earlier, uh, there's pros and cons, people who applauded Michael McCain and people who vilified him. Let's assume people want to hear more from Michael McCain or the Maple Leaf Foods organization. What would you actually say to rebuild the brand, to engage in a conversation, uh, etc.? And so, you know, that again leads to a student assignment. Um, students will be asked to, to, to deliver a statement. And at some point, we slowly bring things to a close. And even finance and leadership come together in a particular uh, conclusion, right? And so that's our plan. But I would also say, Matt, to just to bring it to a close, it is easy for any one of us, finance, strategy, leadership, marketing, communications, to actually take that case and actually runs it independently, right? Because leadership can clearly talk about the business roundtable. I imagine communications can easily say, we have a conflict, now what? And I could easily see that in a class around finance, we can have a debate independently of leadership, right? Kind of the uh, shareholder maximization, right? Shareholder primacy versus the, the business roundtable. And so there is many ways, uh, Matt, by which this case can be uh, incorporated in, uh, in the classroom. I think, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, finance, leadership, marketing, all coming together, it gives such a rich experience for the student because that's what, yeah, you know, being a leader is and, and going in and working in, you're not working in a vacuum. There's all these different things that are coming into play there. Have there been either Steve, Gerard, uh, any remarkable moments, you know, you've talked about the passion coming through in the classroom and the, in the debate. 
Uh, how is the student? How have the students reacted to this? Are they off, put off guard? Are they really drawn in? Anything uh, remarkable happened during the, this process? Matt, let me just share uh, one other uh, tool that that we used to set this this case up, and and then we'll talk about the reaction. We we show some uh, some news clips about the story of the uh, downing of the Iranian plane, and um, we warn students that that uh, it, it's it's pretty pretty graphic descriptions uh, of, uh, of of what has happened. And so we show a clip, it's only about 30 seconds long, and we pause for what seems like a long time, maybe 15 seconds of just silence. And that I think really is powerful, allowing our students to, to really um, relate to what Michael McCain might have been experiencing in terms of, of a colleague, uh, a colleague's family, uh, losing their 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 life, so it's a very powerful way to to start the whole process. Yeah, it really allows the you know the community to sink in, the the people impact to sink in. It must be very powerful in the classroom. Well, in particular, Matt, and uh, you know, people might not uh, realize this, but uh, four students from Western University uh, lost their lives in the incident, and we 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 talk about that as uh, as well. Um, Steve, I, I like to add because, you know, Matt, you were asking, so how did the students react? Uh, you know, we just came out a very challenging year with COVID. And so we taught the case uh, in a virtual classroom. And it's easy for us to see the facial expressions. And, and you see that many students are like, you know, um, engaged, entertained, maybe sometimes shocked by the way we go, uh, the intensity of the debate, which again is all kind of uh, rehearsed ju just a little bit. But then the students jump in. And, um, you know, one of the things that we do is at this very start of the, of, of the case, the conversation, we have a couple of polls just to assess the temperature in the classroom, how people line up of the shareholder perspective, right, the business roundtable statement. And quite frankly, and Steve, I don't think I'm exaggerating here, but you see large concentrations, the exact opposites on a one to five scale, a cluster around one and two, you know, strongly or, or disagree, and then a cluster around four and five agree or strongly agree. So we can easily imagine what happens in the classroom, right, that not only do the faculty, you know, engage in a vigorous debate, but also the students. And for us, this is gold, right? Because we can just sit back, relax a little bit and listen to the students and intervene where necessary. And so I must admit, this is one of the most exciting cases I taught in a long time, because as Steve said, we, we found a way to draw the students into the conversation and that's incredibly rewarding, right? And so, uh, so for me, it was the debate and then multiple times the, 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 the deeper reflections that I think is taking part uh, on, on the part of the students. So that for me was, was very rewarding. Just a quick follow-up. Um, and, and this, uh, this uh, obviously there are, there are uh, downsides in terms of a, a Zoom classroom, but the upside, just to pick up on what Gerard was saying, the, the, this polling ability, um, what, what, what's great about that is by forcing students to uh, react to a particular statement. Let me give you an example. One of the statements we get the students to either strongly disagree or, or strongly agree or somewhere in between 
is to make the statement that the primary goal of every public company should be to maximize shareholder value. So, uh-huh. so then on a, on a scale of one to five, you can pick out the ones and the fives and, and get them to share their views up front. And so you're already creating this, this tension that's coming from student to student. Oh, that's fantastic. And before I I know this is going to come out in the teaching note a little bit about how you draw these conversations out, but I do want to uh, ask a question related to, you know, how students react, uh, how the, how the process has changed over time, you know, does the dynamic between the classes and the responses that you're getting from students, has that changed since you initially uh, launched the case? Have you see it go in different directions, maybe that you didn't expect? No, I don't think so. I think the issues that are embedded in the case, at least from my point of view, the leadership point of view, are quite clear. Where do we stand on 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 shareholder maximization versus business roundtable? You know, the conversation five. Well, actually, it would be interesting because that conversation five years ago might be very different. The conversation today as a result of COVID, right? And and people are really reflecting on. And, and here's where Steve and I might uh, might disagree a bit. What is the role of the CEO, right, in organizations and in society? And listen, it is quite clear, as some uh, polls, uh, research has shown, that uh, maybe organizations, maybe citizens are losing uh, confidence, losing trust in role of government. What holds society together then? And many people would say there's a profound role for, 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 for businesses. And so we try to play that a little bit in the conversation. Steve? Matt, what I would say is that, um, again, this is still early days in terms of teaching the case. We expect this case is going to have uh, uh, a very long run because we've already seen, since we've written the case, uh, a lot of of, uh, discussions in the media about the role of CEOs speaking out on social issues. And we've seen it as it relates to Black Lives Matter and and many many other issues. So we expect that that these issues will keep coming to 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 the forefront. And so uh, I think you might see the discussions evolving depending on what might be topical in terms of of social issues that that CEOs are are addressing. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, from the publishing side, we're getting asked for cases that relate to this, that can that can touch upon this, what's the uh, societal impact uh, of an organization. One additional comment, because that's actually the beauty of, of these kinds of what we call cross-enterprise leadership cases. Because, you know, I think sometimes when we uh, pick cases, offer a course, we, we teach it directly from a finance perspective or a strategy perspective or leadership perspective. And I think, you know, the world, the business world is complex and, this is simply one of those examples. If you open your mouth as a CEO, as a leader, there, there's implications, right? Which is no different than when we think about leading deep and comprehensive change in an organization. You can say, well, that's a leadership issue. Sure it is. But it's a strategy piece as well. There is finance involved too. Uh, there is operations involved. When you think about uh, leading through a crisis, you can say, well, you know, uh, financial numbers don't look good. Okay. Uh, time for change, right? Okay, so here's where leadership gets into the picture. Or again, where, uh, you know, strategy might might creep in. And this case is no different. It would be foolish to think 
or almost foolish to sometimes teach cases just from a purely functional point of view. And, and I think that's one of the things I like best about these kinds of cases, to, to, to teach it in a, in, in, in a team context. And we have several of those cases that we bring into the curriculum. It's great for faculty. I enjoy them very much. I learn a lot about different perspectives, but I've seen that it really works in the classroom and the engagement because, you know, it's a real workout for the students and they get, uh, you know, yanked from left to right and because we surprise them in, in terms of the perspective. You need to think about this. You need to think about that. So I think cases like these do the students a great service. Gerard, is that the most challenging part about teaching cases like this, the, the moderation, the control of energy back and forth, the, the interplay between the different uh, areas, whether it be finance versus communications, is that the most challenging part? Uh, I would say it is It is a bit challenging, but you know, here's the, for me anyways, the, the, the key success factor, and this might sound a little harsh, but pick your colleagues wisely because mm. you really need to be a team member you need to know when to be quiet and give the other person stage time. So it's not about you. It's about the team. Uh, it is also for the other person to not to be an ex for me as a leadership person to become familiar with finance. But obviously, I need to understand where Steve is coming from, that I can challenge him. I need to be able to challenge my marketing colleagues. I need to be able to challenge my operations colleagues. So it is a bit of work you know, Matt, to, uh, to, 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 uh, to, to do this well. And that's what I mean by uh, first and foremost, you know, pick your team wisely. Steve, I'm not sure if you have any other thoughts about how to deliver this uh, in, 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 in a perfect fashion to, uh, to, to the classroom. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think uh, what works best is to try to keep that energy level up. And, and the best way to keep energy level up in any case context, I would say, is to create some kind of tension. And that's where going back to the polling helps to create that, that tension. Um, what we also do within the discussion, and, and I think this is a real eye-opener for, for students, uh, they've, they've, they've shared this as, as well, is creating tension not only student to student through the polls, but in in many cases, faculty members to faculty member, and and in particular, uh, Gerard and I, and, and you know, uh, admittedly, um, this is uh, this is a bit of a show, and 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 we talk this through in advance. Um, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, I will be talking about shareholder premacy, and uh, as Gerard mentioned, going back to Milton Friedman's famous New York Times 1970 article that says that that the social responsibility of business is to increase its profits. And so I play that role much as I can from a sort of a right-wing perspective. All that matters is, is profits. And as I'm wrapping up this discussion, and we have this all orchestrated, and then Gerard will jump in and say, wait a second. Gerard, do you want to just <laughs> make some comments in terms of what are the types of things you would say at that point? Yeah, I would say this is the 1970s, you know, we're 50 years later. Why are you still reading stuff from the 70s? I mean, we have advanced to, to a great extent. And, you know, we use some choice words. You know, I call Steve old-fashioned. And that's why you see some of the, the students like, oh, they really wake, wake up. But that is, you know, to, to, to build some of that, that, that tension. And again, you know, it is all in good spirit. Uh, we're not here to, to, to really insult people, Right. Uh, but, you know, we are. And, and, and actually, if you read, 
uh, and I don't have it with me, but if you, if you actually read the article from the 1970s by Milton Friedman, there are some statements in there that, you know, 50 years later, I personally, I think are very questionable. You read that to the students and you say, really? And you, and you go back to Steve and say, Steve, really? Right? And that's where kind of the, 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 the debate starts. And, and I love doing that. And Matt, I think what, what, what's really fascinating and, and, and really an eye-opener is that, um, and, and this only can come through in a team teaching setting, which is um, not the norm uh, at, at any school. But a real eye-opener for students is to see one faculty member challenging the views of another faculty member. And, and that that's a real eye-opener. And, and I think it gets them to think beyond a narrow perspective uh, of, of shareholder premacy, for example, to consider other aspects as, as well. Yeah. And so, Matt, I, I can imagine that for some people listening to the podcast, they go, wow, that's pretty complex. Well, here's the irony, and I love this. Uh, the case is comprised of seven tweets. It's a page and a little bit. Okay. Teaching note is 32 pages. Yeah, 32 and pages, yep. 32 pages, and people say, that's crazy. <laughs> and we say, no, not at all, because what we've done in the teaching note is to provide a guide, our guide, kind of a very detailed roadmap with some of those decision points or inflection points in the discussion to identify some key questions, right, that people might ask one another, the students, etc. right? And so it is a lot easier for people actually to uh, to commit to, uh, to to using the case. And so you know, from a leadership point, as I said, you know, for me, it's 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 really look at the role or explore the role of the CEO, the duties, the responsibilities. You know, the teaching note talks a little bit about personal values, corporate values. Uh, clearly, there is an important role of the board, and we want to talk about the board and their responsibilities, right? Obviously, um, the business roundtable and that statement. And, you know, this is another. And, and actually, here is, and Steve, join me when um, when you can. But there is actually some research because we might say a lot about the business roundtable. And here, of course, is where Steve or our finance colleague hits hard at the, at the leadership person because these are nice words. But as Steve can tell you, has there been any concrete action as a result of the business roundtable well when we taught that case last time not so much and so are these again weasel words is this whitewashing whatever word you want to use that's a great point of conversation and for me then again it is about kind of the judgment the decision making and the character on the part of leadership, things like accountability, courage, etc. So I think we do a really good job, a detailed note in the teaching note for each of those five functions to help the potential, uh, to, 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 to help the teacher, right? Think through some of the um, uh, kind of the inflection points, the decision points she or he would like to embed conversation. It's incredibly comprehensive, the teaching notes. Steve, what, uh, you know, what kind of mindset did you get into? What are some of the things that you considered, uh, you know, when you're uh, after teaching it the first time, how you approach the teaching note to get it so comprehensive and it's incredibly thoughtful? So, so Matt, I, I, I go back to advice that a, a senior colleague gave me when, when I was first starting out in terms of, of case writing. 
And he said that uh, a good case, uh, the analogy he used, that a, a good case is like a screwdriver. Sure, you can use it to, um, to, to do some screwing, but you can also use it to open up a paint can or to hammer something in. And, and so that's where we wanted to write this case so that it could be used in so many different, different ways. Even with uh, uh, teaching this case, as we've done over three consecutive 80-minute classes, you still couldn't cover all of the points that we raise in, in the teaching notes. So it's really providing a lot of versatility. Um, and um, both myself and, and colleagues, uh, a, another colleague in finance, we were teaching this case uh, simultaneously. And we both took different tacks in terms of, of how we would approach just the finance uh, part. And, and this plays itself out in the other areas too, in strategy and leadership and communication and, and market and marketing as, as well. So you can take this in so many different directions. And given that I want to revisit something that you just said, three consecutive 80 minute classes out of a, out of a very short, uh, a very short case, like how flexible this piece is and how, again, the nuance that you can pull all kinds of different levers. Do you plan to, to continually update the teaching note as things go on, as CEOs are asked to uh, you know, weigh in or should they weigh in on social issues? How are, are you going to handle this very comprehensive teaching note going forward? I think we're going to leave that to individual instructors. We've provided this really solid framework. And, and then, uh, again, the, the teaching note is just a, a guide. And as uh, social issues evolve, then I think there, there are all kinds of ways that we haven't even thought of that, that one can take, uh, take the case. Yeah, let me give you an example, Matt, that, you know, it's always in flux, right? Because 2020 is, 2021 is not going to be 2020. Is always kind of updating the narrative, sitting down with the team. Uh, this worked well. This does not work so well. Like to, it's a really interesting research article. Like to embed that in the case conversation. It's always in flux. But I really, I think the basic framework is there, as Steve indicated. But how we give it color, we leave that up to the individual instructor. And you know, I want to circle back to where we started this conversation as as we look to to wrap up our dialogue today. Um, there are opportunities for case writing and, and, and situations like this coming up almost daily. Uh, Gerard, I'll start with you and then I'll go to Steve. As you look at new case writing opportunities, new uh, things that you can bring to, to the classroom, you know, what lens are you looking at the world uh, right now going, you know, what are you looking for in cases as a writer? What are you looking for to try new methods to bring case? Like this is a very new type of case. You know, how are you looking at the world to and and looking at case writing moving forward? Yeah, you know, Matt, that, that that's a tough question. Uh, I need to I need to actually think a little bit about this. Uh, for me, it is always about good stories and relevant stories and stories. You know, the, the analogy I always use is that it, you know I. I I don't want to use beach balls in the classroom that everybody thinks the same and, you know, we're done after, after 20 minutes. So you know, I have to work with uh, curveballs, for example. And so, I don't know, you know, one of my, one of the other cases that I recently wrote was around the Stratford uh, Festival, uh, you know, uh, here down, not too far from London, Ontario, uh, as a result of um, Black Lives Matter. 
and where the leadership of Stratford uh, Festival actually uh, did a deep excavation, inward looking, and indicated, you know, yes, we have uphold kind of white supremacy. Not exactly how they said that, but that actually led to an enormous discussion uh, at the Stratford Festival and the many stakeholders. And uh, you know, I picked up on that because it's one of those cases you can do a lot with, you know, in the midst of, of COVID-19. And so that too would be a case where you can have multiple faculty in the classroom and have a robust discussion about a topic that is, uh, you know, on, on top of people's minds um, very much these days. That would be one. As you know, Matt, my other uh, passion as a director of the, the Institute for Leadership here at the Ivy School is our work on leader character. And if I reflect on, on COVID, uh, people have said a lot about leadership and the role of leaders, right, in, in, in this particular crisis. And it is remarkable how uh, frequently people talk about the character of leaders and that in many ways COVID reveals character but also that character is necessary on the part of leaders to take us through this particular crisis, whether this is, you know, organizations in the public, private, not-for-profit sectors. So I was looking for these kinds of cases that have a bit of um, um, controversy where, where we can really push people hard, give them a, give them a good workout. You know, I think uh, the case with, uh, with Steve is, uh, is a really unique case that we have great video material. It's a team of five. It is easy to come up with polls because people feel about these things. And, and in many ways, those are the cases that, uh, that work best. And so always interested in those. That's a long-winded answer, but that's what I'm looking for these days. No, it's fantastic. And I love that you're looking to, uh, you know, bring that kind of conflict into the classroom because it is a safe environment for students to learn, you know, how to have conflicts, to challenge ideas, to, you know, with colleagues, you know, how do we push back? How do we challenge uh, different, and, and how do we take in? Yeah, and, and Matt, here's another one, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just been published, the Maiden case that we work with, uh, with, with Tracy Edwards and uh, with Red Around the World race. And that's a great case on so many levels. But, you know, it talks a little bit about culture, the culture of sexism and misogyny, right, that, that she encountered in, 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 in yard racing. And given where we are today, that's one of those, uh, well, not the nuance of the case, but one of the topics that you can push really hard in the case conversation and what to do, how to create, you know, healthy cultures in organizations. And so, again, that case is a little bit dated in the sense that, or that the story is a bit dated. But the lessons embedded in that case are so relevant in today's world, whether this is academic world or the business world or political world. Those are great cases that make people really think and reflect. Very relevant. And, uh, you know, Steve, I'm going to give you the, the final words here. You know, how are you looking at case writing? What are you, what are you looking for? What are you looking to push uh, uh, different ways of, of writing cases and evolving cases. Sure, Matt. I, I would say two things for uh, for case writers. Uh, two pieces of advice. One is to look for disruptions, and two is to think about how to be innovative. And I think uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. One is one is clearly. Um, the Maple Leaf Foods case. Here we had a, a protagonist, Michael McCain, who is basically trying to disrupt something and, and he's trying to disrupt this uh, th this whole 
uh, dialogue in in terms of reacting to the these these tragic events, and so uh, he's uh, taken the path of, of speaking of speaking out. Um, another example, uh, Matt, uh, is is the case um, that uh, we wrote uh, a couple of years ago on Spotify's Spotify's IPO. And, and you know there are a couple of levels here with Spotify's IPO. Spotify itself uh, is a disruptor in terms of the whole music streaming industry and and really creating a whole niche now that 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 others have have followed. Not only was it a disruptor within the industry, but what makes for a great case idea is that it was disrupting the IPO process as well. Going this different route rather than than relying on uh, underwriters in terms of the pricing of the IPO, um, listing directly, and there was a lot of uncertainty in terms of of how this was going to play out uh, when the stock was actually listed. Uh, similarly, with the case writing process, and thanks to you, Matt, and 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 your team, we did something innovative with the writing of that that case. We wanted to disrupt the, the traditional case writing process and to provide something that was as close to real time as, as possible. And so, as you know, what we did is, is we wrote a lot of the case before the, the IPO, not only the case, but the teaching note as well. And thanks to you and your team, within a week of the actual IPO, we had available for, for anyone to use as part of the Ivy Publishing case collection uh, and beyond uh, a full case and, and teaching note. So these are things to, I would encourage case writers to look for ways to be innovative uh, in, in ways that we haven't even th thought of. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I think that's a great you know, challenge to put out to the listeners is to really challenge themselves to do things differently. And Gerard, Steve, I want to thank you for taking the time today to chat with us, but, but moreover, uh, as colleagues, because you're always challenging me and the team to think about doing things differently, uh, bringing new ideas in, and that's what keeps uh, definitely our business, our industry moving forward, uh, bringing new, exciting cases to the classroom, but also different ways of teaching uh, the cases. So thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today. And uh, uh, I'm going to try to get weasel my way into the classroom to witness uh, this in action soon. So I look forward to, to seeing this brought to life in the class. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to Decision Point on Spotify or wherever you listen. And be sure to check out the show notes for links to cases, resources, and more. Have any feedback? Send us an email at cases at iv.ca.